And the moment you start catching yourself doing it, people will play it back to me and go, oh, Lewis, I just said an ah, I just said an um, and you would probably do the same thing. Once you hear it, then you are aware of it, stop it. And that's one of the ways you can do it is just keep practicing all the time, be talking, because if you get rid of it in your personal world, it goes away in your professional world. You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, the podcast for coaches, thought leaders, and change makers who are ready to become the standout expert. If that's you, stay tuned because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I want to help you build a successful business sharing your expertise, generate the impact and income you need to create your ideal lifestyle. It's time to make a difference and scale up. Are you ready? Let's enter the lab. Welcome to today's episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Great to have you joining us and I'm super excited to be joined by Lewis Cheney today who is a TEDx alumni with over 25 years working in television and entertainment news and commercial advertising and independent film and he mentors others on how to skillfully, effortlessly and emotionally engage anyone to learn how to stop wasting time. Now I originally met Lewis on Clubhouse and I opened up his profile and when his profile said, I talk about helping people get to the damn point. I hit that little notification that sends a message straight through and said, Lewis, can you come onto the show? And he has kindly agreed to join me here. So Lewis, welcome to the show. Thank you so very much for having me. I appreciate that. I was a little bit nervous last night as I was doing some research. I'm like, oh, I'm this person that ums and ahs and I sometimes forget my words. But then I did go onto your Instagram and one of your quotes was, don't let anyone con you out of your confidence. And that was enough for me to go, you know what, this is my guy. So I'm really looking forward to jumping into this conversation. (laughs) Well, I'm glad to hear that you are doing that because that is one of those things that so many people do and they believe, you know, that the whole idea of speaking and being taught how to speak is going to completely get rid of those jitters for you. If I get taught a little bit, I'll be fine. I've been doing this for a long time. I also do entertainment outside of here. And I can tell you there are times when I still get nervous. When I hit that TED stage, before I walked out on that red circle, the inside of me was jumping all over the place. Until I open my mouth and I get in the zone, I'm nervous. But once I get in the zone, I'm fine. But up until then, I'm just like everybody else. I'm going, am I going to be good enough? This is going to work. Well, they care about what I'm saying. So I understand that still. Mm, I love that. So today we're going to talk about helping speakers be better communicators. And as coaches and consultants and anyone that's in this space, I believe, and I'm, I'm sure you do from having a look at what you do, that we all are speakers, whether it's on stage, which I personally believe that we all should be speaking from stage. But even still, you know, even like being on a podcast here, you're still a speaker. We're still speaking and sharing a message. So I would love you to share how it is that you got to this point and specifically why you're talking about what you talk about. How I got to this point is I come from a TV background. I've worked in, as you mentioned, all those different things I've worked in. And I learned about telling stories and telling stories to get to the damn point. You're working in a TV station. We had a minute and a half. That's not a lot of time to be Mm -hmm. able to get a story in. So I learned to be able to, okay, this is what we need to get. This is what we have to have. We can talk about this other stuff maybe later, but get down to the absolute things you need to know. And what turned me into this world with it, I took all the knowledge and experience that I had in television and I combined it with speaking because I got into Toastmasters and found out, hey, these sort of go together. And when I got into Toastmasters, I started paying attention to something and I found out 
something nobody else had really discovered. Not even Toastmasters has figured this out. Mm-hmm. And that is the idea that poor speaking skills kill time. Mm. I love this and I love how you started this. 90 seconds or getting a message across in 90 seconds, it actually makes my palms sweaty when you said that because it is so difficult to be able to get exactly what you need into that short time and not just words, any words. It's got to be a message that's really, really on point. I was in a podcast interview recently that was seven minutes and I've got to tell you because he said it's seven minutes and we need to cover this. From the second he put the timer on, my brain was going all over the place and I was even less on point than I normally am. And talking about filler words, man, I reckon there were six and a half minutes of them in that seven minutes because I really lost the plot. How do you start to really filter down on what it is that you want to talk about in that 90 seconds? Well, two things about this. Let me start back in the train up a little bit. Yes, that's what I did in news and what I learned to do and I can do, but I don't want people to get the mistaken impression that that's all this is about is about making things short because it is. You can go longer, but make sure it's quality, not quantity. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's the key thing. But as far as getting it into 90 seconds, this goes down to if you're doing Facebook, if you're doing some sort of any other social media lives, if you're doing radio, television interviews, two key things. First of all, devil's advocate yourself. Mm-hmm. What questions do you think they may ask you and mm-hmm. have an answer for it? And don't just have an answer that you ramble about. Have a soundbite. Mm-hmm. And a soundbite, what that is, is in you know, 15 seconds, 10 to 15 seconds, you're able to say exactly what it is you need to say and no more. Mm-hmm. So you have to start getting your mindset into speaking in sound bites. And how do you do that? Listen to other people who do it and do it well. A quote from history or a quote from anybody is nothing more than a sound bite. Mm-hmm. Pick a famous quote. It's a sound bite taken mm. from a speech that somebody gave. If you start paying attention to that and start trying to get yourself down to that, that's going to be key for you in not only doing pitches, but doing any kind of, like I said, interviews or social media, anything that you need to do where you've got to be quick, you'll have it in the back of your head. And if you do enough of those, then you've got a whole like that bookshelf behind you. Yeah, I love that. This episode is made possible by your podcast concierge. Editing your podcast can be time consuming. Your podcast concierge offers comprehensive and affordable podcast production and social media marketing services to help you grow your podcast and business faster. Go to yourpodcastconcierge.com and book a call via the Let's Talk button on the homepage and receive 50% off your first month when you mention Thought Leaders Business Lab. How short, so you just said that, you know, it's not about being short, but how short is too short? Like when is too short and when should we be stretching something out a little? You know, there's no pat answer for that. That's the beauty of this. It depends on the situation. I mean, I was watching something the other day from a guy who talks about how you can have six words to do a pitch, six words to do a pitch. Wow. Like, and it's really, really cool to be able to do that. And having a really cool title is really good because you laughed when you said something about the name of my business, get to the damn point. Yeah, that's akin to in first grade when a kid read the word, but, and everybody in class sort of giggled. Uh-huh. I get that kind of the adult version with the name of my company. But that's one of the things you can do is have something right off the top. You need to say something that gets their attention, draws them in so that you can talk longer to them. The last thing you want to do is go, well, thank you very much for having me here today. I appreciate this. Check out this lovely hotel. Ren, isn't it great? Be sure to uh, take care of your wait staff. Bob, thanks for giving me a chance to come over here today. I appreciate it. 
Nobody cares. Yeah. Okay? Uh-huh. Get to the point. Come out and say something that's going to grab them. Uh-huh. So there's not a too short. There's not a too long. What's the information I need to give? And what can I give it in that amount of time? Stop being water. Water fills up any spot you give it. Stop mm-hmm. being water. Know that I can do this in this amount of time and be done. If you got an hour to do it, then you can do it in 20 minutes and everybody can go and get the rest of their stuff done. Yay for you. Love it. So what are some of the keys that we need to know to be able to start to put this talk or this presentation together or, you know, where we begin so that what we're talking about is really on point? You mentioned, obviously, what do people ask, but there's going to be other things that we can start to think about. Sure. Let's start with one of the things you mentioned before and I talk about often too. And it's funny you said I called them killer words. Filler words are killer words. They absolutely are because they kill the most valuable commodity you have and your audience has, and that is your time. People think it's no big deal. If I say, um, well, like so, but you know, and I do that often, it's conversational. It's what I do. Mm-hmm. It may be conversational, but it's not going to get your point across when you're trying to do a presentation. Give you an example and on my website. You can check this out. There was a lady that was on television. She did an interview. And that interview is a five-minute long interview. I went in and took out the host. So it left just this lady speaking. Mm -hmm. She spoke for three minutes and 11 seconds. And that three minutes and 11 seconds, she had over 70 of these filler killer words in there. Oh, wow. I cut it down to just those words. 37 seconds wasted out of three minutes and 11 seconds. Wow. Doesn't seem like a whole lot. But consider you're probably paying for that airtime. So that is money and time Mm -hmm. actually money is being run up because you're wasting the time. On top of that, had she been speaking for half an hour, she would have wasted six minutes. Oh, that's a lot. And think about what you could put in in six minutes time. You talked about doing an entire podcast in seven. You pretty much would have eaten up that podcast with nothing but the ahs and ums. Mm -hmm. So first thing you need to do is pay attention to that. I'm going to give this to your viewers or your listeners now. I'm going to tell you right now how to do this. Stop, drop, and pause, guys. It's stop, drop, and pause. When you know that word is coming, you hear it. Stop. Just shut up. Don't say anything. Mm. Drop the word, that uh, that um, because it's that silence there. And then you want to pause. Listen, I'm pausing. Nobody's dying. Okay? <laughs> That's what people think. If I, if I pause, oh, my God, it's dead air. I can't mm. have that. Pausing does two things. It allows you to get back on track to what you're going to say and allows your audience the opportunity to catch up to you. Mm -hmm. So if you get lost for a moment, they don't know where your speech is going. They have no idea what you're talking about. Take that moment and regroup. And if you have notes off to the side, it's not the end of the world. Mm -hmm. Don't have the whole speech and stand here, you know, and read it like this. That's not what you want to do either. But if you've got some notes off to the side, just jog your memory, that's fine too. But that's one of the key things I'll tell you off the top. And you can ask me something else, but I really wanted to get that out there because so many people don't pay attention to how much time that wastes. Mm. I love that you talked about adding the pause. I think that, well, definitely for me, that pause always seems so much longer than it does to everyone else. I was recording a video yesterday with someone else and there was some point where I handed off to her and it felt like this huge pause like really uncomfortable pause. But when I watched it back, you can hardly even tell the pause is there. (laughs) So a lot of times we're making up these stories in our head that are way worse than they are in real life. 
Absolutely. And it, it does feel like that. It, it feels like forever. And the funny thing is, the opposite was true in television. If somebody told me, you know, how far out am I away from my live shot? Uh, we're 30 seconds out. Oh, I've got time to set up a light. I mean, I could squeeze a lot in in that 30 seconds of time because I got used to working on that time parameter. But that is one of the things I think people are afraid of, too. They're afraid of having that moment where it seems like it just drags forever and ever and ever. Guys, it doesn't. And even if it drags a little bit longer, I'd rather have my stuff be clean and neat and tidy than to try to fill that with, um, well, I've lost my uh, place here. Just uh, give me a second here. Let me get, I got to think about this moment, you know. No, don't do that. Just take your moment, take a breath. And there's all kinds of other things I can go into on that as well. It helps you reduce that sum that that's a lot more deeper and just pay attention to what you're doing and let the pauses happen. Be natural. Mm. I would love you to take that deeper because this is something that a lot of speakers and a lot of podcasters struggle Mm -hmm. with. We all have our words that we use a lot and sometimes we don't even know and I would say most times we don't even know that they're actually popping out. So sometimes we can't even take the pause because the words come out before we've even realized it's there. So, yeah, could you take this deeper for us? Sure. Let's go a couple of ways with this, particularly for your speakers out there. When you're doing your speech, first of all, if you're winging it, you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. You should practice that. You should have it down. You should have an idea of what you're doing. Disagree with anything where, you know, impromptu speaking is fine. But if you're doing a full-on presentation, somebody's paying you for, you better practice that. You better have it down. And I know people know that. Mm-hmm. But when you're in that rehearsal zone where you're out there and you're freewheeling, you're, it's like the old thing where you stand in your bedroom and pretend you were singing when you were a kid to the audience, you know. You're standing in your living room and you're pretending to talk to the audience here and there. As you do that and you're moving off of your script and off of your notes, you're going to notice stories come up. Things happen that you didn't plan on putting in the script. Mm-hmm. Make a note of them. Mm-hmm. Park them. Don't plan on putting them in, but have them parked. And what that does when you get in that moment where you do have that something left, I can't get my brain back to my speech. Guess what may come out? One of those other stories that you hit that will fit in there. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the key things for me is when you're doing that rehearsal. The second thing is in getting rid of this speaking problem, you have these killer words. The best thing to do is talk all the time. I tell people this all the time. Imagine you're driving down the highway Mm -hmm. and you see a sign that says, you know, hamburger for sale. Make up a story about why. Absolutely sit there and say to yourself, well, you know, the reason we've got hamburgers on sale today is because we had a truck come in. You know how those ships have all been backed up right now? Nothing's on the store shelves. Our ship literally came in and now we're overstocked with beef. And if we don't get this stuff sold, it's going to go bad. So we've got to make sure we get this out there in the general public. You get to benefit from our problem. Today, we're putting those hamburgers on sale for 25 cents a piece. If you're making this up and you just keep going, you'll notice what happens. And you start hearing yourself saying them. It's like you hear it. And the moment you start catching yourself doing it, people will play it back to me and go, oh, Lewis, I just said an ah, I just said an um. And you would probably do the same thing. Uh Once you hear it, then you are aware of it. Stop it. And Mm. that's one of the ways you can do it is just keep practicing all the time. Be talking because if you get rid of it in your personal world, Mm -hmm. it goes away in your professional world. Oh, Boom, right there. I've never heard anyone say that before. And that is absolute gold. We're talking about 
You mentioned just before presentations, and actually I don't know if we talked about slide decks now in, in this recorded conversation or before we started, but slide decks and PowerPoint presentations is something that you talk about a lot in being a better communicator, but not in the way that we all think, right? I'd love you to share this. <laughs> the look on your face as I was saying that was like, what are you going to go? Where are you going here, Sam? <laughs> no, no, I'm completely with you. It's like just going, I'm not sure the people that I'm going to be telling this to are going to be agreeing with it, but here's my take on it. Uh-huh. I hate slide decks. I hate uh-huh. them. I use them. I have used them. I've used them effectively. Here's the biggest problem with the slide deck. It's low-hanging fruit. Uh-huh. It's absolutely low-hanging fruit. Imagine if you want to, like a high wire act, only to practice that high wire act, the rope is only a foot off the ground, okay? You get on the rope, oh, you wobble, you fall off, you laugh, you giggle, you're fine. You can play on that rope all day long, doesn't hurt you. You don't Mm -hmm. care, you don't have to practice. Nobody has to come in and teach you, nobody has to coach you. There's no rehearsal involved, you just gotta do it. But you take that same rope and if I put you up 50 feet in the air, guess what? You're not going to walk out there. Mm. You want somebody to train you. You want to take your time. You want to rehearse. Mm-hmm. Imagine you're doing the higher tightrope. Mm. Because if you don't, here's what happens. You wait till the last minute. You throw together that PowerPoint. You get out there and you stand there and you read it. And I had that happen to a friend of mine. She went, she had to give up a day of work to go to a conference that's two hours away. She gets there. And the person who had been hired to speak stood up there and started going, slide, read it, read it, read it. She finally went to the organizer at the first break and she goes, I know how to read. Send me the PDF. And she oh, left. wow. Because there's no reason for that. If you're mm. going to do that, you're all you're wasting time. And here's the, here's the really bad part about it. You've sat through it. We all have. Mm-hmm. We've sat through these horrible, horrible things, particularly in Zoom land as Mm -hmm. we're doing now with everything going on in the world and we hate them and we complain about them. And then we turn right around and do the same thing because, well, my PowerPoint's different. Mm -hmm. Mine's better. Mm -hmm. Is it really? Is it really? You need to really have the fortitude to step back, examine yourself and go, I could lose some of this. A picture's worth a thousand words. Mm -hmm. Why? Because it is. Rather than put up all these graphs and charts and everything, what if you put up a picture and you told me a story about that? Mm. Stories mean a lot more. Stories are stickier. Put more stories in. Put in less of the other kind of content you have to have. I know sometimes you have to have that. Tie it in some other way instead of just standing there and reading that form for me on the board. Mm -hmm. That is the worst thing in the world to do is if you just overload that slide deck, you need to be able to engage people and connect with them. And this is not the way to do it. You can't stand there and read your PowerPoint. That's why I'm so averse to them. Mm, totally. As someone that is visual, I like images mm-hmm. with the speaker because I otherwise sure. can a little bit tune out. But at the same time, there is nothing worse than having death by PowerPoint and having someone just standing there reading. I don't like text on PowerPoints at all um, unless it needs to be there, I guess, if you're doing a presentation to a board. I would I would sometimes put stats on a PowerPoint. But otherwise, I totally agree. It's very difficult to keep the room. If you want to see somebody who I think does it well, and I've just recently gotten turned on to him and I've watched some of his speeches, somebody who did it well. Seth Godin. 
Mm-hmm. Seth Godin does a really wonderful job at moving. His PowerPoint presentations don't linger. They are there. It's the icing on the cake. It's not the cake. If you treat it like the cake, there's a problem. Here's another thing you've got to worry about with them, too. Let's say you put everything on there, and that's your intention is to stand there and read. You and I were talking about this before you began recording. We were having some tech issues. Mm-hmm. Tech is a junkyard dog. It's not a question of if you're going to get bit. It's a matter of when you're going to get bit. <laughs> yes. And let's say you're at that big event. They're paying you thousands of dollars, and you're married to that. And mm-hmm. there it goes. Now you're going to be hung out to dry because everything you're used to queuing off of is gone. Mm -hmm. But also for me personally, I subscribe to what Steve Jobs said. If you know what you're talking about, you don't need a PowerPoint. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I also like what you said on the visuals. I can go into a whole other thing on that too that would depress your viewers to no end with the story that I could tell on that one. (laughs) But visuals are incredibly powerful. I come from a background of working in television, TV news. If you don't have pictures, (laughs) you've got a radio station. Mm. So I understand all about the visual aspect, and I agree with that much better than just throwing things up there. Mm. You said that you could go into it a little bit. I would love you to share because, you know, I've obviously just shared from my personal experience. I'd love you to share a little bit about the visuals from your perspective of being from that television and, and film area. The power of images. If you think about history, look in your history, wherever you may be, Look at those images. You know, for me here in the United States, the raising of the flag on Iwo Jima, you think about the the picture of the guy in Tiananmen Square standing in front of the tank, tearing down the Berlin Wall. Look at the guys who were raising the flag when 9-11 happened. There's so many images out there that you look at that image and it it grabs you. And I'm not saying you have to have something this bad. I'm going to take this up a notch. It could be something from a comedy that you know, that it's more universal. It could be, I love Lucy. You put her up there because you're making a point. That image will cause the audience to have an emotional reaction to it. Mm. And that's going to do far more than a bunch of words or any text you're going to put up there or any graphs. Mm, 100%. Now, you talked about making people laugh just then. And mm-hmm. I think humor is a a topic that is coming up a lot, how to use humor in public speaking, because humor creates engagement, it creates all sorts of feelings with the audience, but there's a lot of people that struggle to know how to use it. I'd love you to talk a little bit about adding humor. (laughs) Okay. Try to add it as naturally as you can. I know that sounds like it's so weird, but you may just say something funny and it comes out. But let me tell you the first thing not to do. Don't walk out and read a joke. Mm -hmm. These three guys walked into a bar. (laughs) I have honestly, honestly seen this happen. Oh, really? And I'm like, if you don't have a joke, first thing, if you're going to tell a joke, treat that joke like you would a speech. Learn the joke. Learn the rhythm. Learn the timing. Learn the delivery of it. And tell that joke as though it's a story that somebody told you. Uh-huh. So that way you're not just going, I want to tell you a joke. No, you tell a story. Get casual, get loose with it. Have fun with it. Act out parts of it. Draw your audience into it. And then humor can also just happen out of natural things in your life and pay attention to those around you. There's things that happen in your life 
to other people and stories they tell you. If you don't have all the humorous stuff there, pull it from other places. And I'm give, let me give you an example of this. Mm-hmm. My ex-mother-in-law worked at a hospital and sometimes she had to check patients in. And one day it was a full boat. Everybody was in there. And this woman was being embarrassed by her child who's about four years old because the kid was rambunctious, running around and jumping and hooping. And the lady was just frustrated. She finally picks this kid up and pops him down in a chair and says, now sit there. This little boy starts crying really loudly. And in a very loud voice goes, mom, you broke my balls. (laughs) And everybody lost it. Everybody (laughs) loses it. And the mom's embarrassed. The kid gets up. Here's the here's the kicker. The kid gets up, reaches in his back pocket, pulls out two ping pong balls, smash flat. <laughs> okay. So that story is a great story because the audience goes one way, but that's not what it's a four year old. What does he know? You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. It's a great story because it's not mine, but it's a funny thing that if I have a way to tie it into something that gets my audience into it. And you have to know your audience. That was a little bit on the edge. I understand, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it's not bad. You went someplace. I didn't say anything bad. Your mind went there. The kids Mm -hmm. talking about ping pong balls, know your audience, know what you can get away with. You know, used to humor didn't offend people as much as it does today. And you've got to be very, very careful what you use and how you use it. But if you can find it and get it naturally in your speech, because something came out funny, the way you said it, or you have a little story or anecdote from your life or somebody else's, it's much better than telling a joke mm, if you can work mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And, oh, one other thing to that, humor is a rubber sword, folks. It allows you to make a point without drawing blood. Mm. You can say something in with humor in it and get your point across better than being harsh about it. Mm. It softens it. It, it. it does. It takes away the – what's the word I'm thinking of? It takes away that um, – no, can't even think of the word. Sting? Yeah, I guess that, yeah, exactly. So started off talking about um, not having the confidence because yep. other people are, you, you're afraid of what other people are going to say. I know something that you talk about is um, presenting new ideas and what to do if you're afraid to present new ideas. I'd love you to talk into this because I, I see a lot on social media of people afraid to share what they really believe because they're afraid of this judgment of other people. And I can see this in lots of situations, not just in speaking, but in bringing up new present, uh, new ideas to team members or board members. So can you talk a little bit about, into this? Yeah, I can tell you when it comes to social media, that's a hard one because there's just, there's trolls out there who, who just live to argue, who just live to tick you off and I do keep a lot of my views to myself when it comes to social media, because why bother? Mm-hmm. All I'm mm-hmm. going to do is just cause an argument. But when it comes to, let's say, your workplace, for example, and you want to be one to give ideas, learning to be a better speaker is how you do that. Because people who aren't trained, and this is the biggest problem I have with the way most of the speaking stuff is done, is it's taught to the upper management, middle management, CEOs get it but not the person who gives the stuff at the office all the time, Mm. not the ones who are in the meetings all the time. If you would train your entire staff to be better at this, you'd win Mm -hmm. because now it does a few things. Your meeting is going to get shorter because they understand how to do it. Mm -hmm. People are going to be getting to the damn point, which means you've got more time and more productivity in your workplace. 
and it waters your wallflowers. Those are your people who are afraid to say something. But if you're that person who's a wallflower and they're not giving you the training, seek it out. Find a way that there's all sorts of things out there online you can get, or you can find courses or anything else out there you want to do. But look into it and start working on it. It's just like anything else. If I want to become a better gardener, I start looking up, okay, what do I do in planting season? How do I go about watering this? What plant goes here? Which ones need sunshine? It's the same thing. Build those little steps, those baby steps, and learn that you can do it. And also, in a lot of cases, a lot of cases, you have people who are on your side. Mm -hmm. They're not there to watch you fail, particularly if you're giving a presentation. The TED Talk I was in, a girl that was on there with me totally changed everything at the last minute. She threw out what she was, she threw out what she was planning to do with the PowerPoint and decided to just go out there and wing it. Not the best idea. (laughs) And she had issues with it. Mm -hmm. She even broke down, you know, because what she was talking about was emotional. You know what people at a Ted audience did? You've got this girl, go on. We're behind you. Mm -hmm. They were in her corner. They wanted to see her succeed. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people want to see you succeed because it could be them up there and they're going to want your support. You're going to have those few naysayers. Fine. You're going to have naysayers in anything, mm-hmm. but just understand that most people are on your side and want to help you. Mm, love that so much. For people that are listening and want to look more into what you talk about and stay connected with you, how can they do that? Real easy. Just come to gettothedampoint.com. You can find my information there. You can also find me on Instagram under gettothedampoint.com. Drop me a line in there. I love to brainstorm and chat. If you want to just hit me up, we can chat about some stuff. If you want to see what it is I do in the course that I offer, it's out there also on my Get to the Damn Point website. Love it so much. Lewis, we've talked about all sorts of things today mm-hmm. around speaking and communicating. What is the one thing that you want to leave people with today that's something that you're really passionate about and really believe in? As far as when the speaking, you mean from that side of things? Yeah. For me, the biggest thing is, guys, stories. I, 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 can't, I, I can't say this enough. I really honestly can't say this enough. I wear many different hats. I do a lot of different things. And everything I do comes back around and connects to stories because stories are the connective tissue of humans. Without stories, we don't have movies. We don't have TV shows. We don't have songs. We don't have books. We don't have poetry. You don't have the things that are a comfort without story. Do not neglect story. Don't let your boardroom become boring because you're not putting something in there that gets attention. And it could be talking about what a client's done. It could be talking about what's going on with a business that you're working with. It could be anything. Use stories, story, 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 story. That's the biggest thing I push. Love that so much. Helps take your presentations from boring to bravo. Thanks so much, Lewis. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. It has been my pleasure getting to talk to you and to be here. I appreciate you coming up and asking me, hey, can you do this? Be glad to come again if you need me to, but thank you so much for having me. It's been great to share another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab podcast with you. If you want more, head over to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast for the show notes, the links from today's sponsors, and to download your detailed episode companion for the extensive notes and value bombs we shared today. 
And if you're looking to connect with other experts and changemakers just like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive Thought Leaders Business Lab community on Facebook. The links are waiting for you over at samanthariley.global forward slash podcast.